0: Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Next Wednesday night will be um, our Christmas Christmas. Uh, Party for the church and also a servant celebration. So um, if you normally come out for that, you know be a fun time We'll be in the lobby and uh, we'll have a good time there um, Encouraging you to bring out an appetizer or Christmas treat Whatever your favorite thing is and wear your favorite Christmas sweater if you want to be festive and we're gonna have a good time together For about an hour hanging out together. We're also going to use that as an opportunity to sort of uh, to celebrate all of our volunteers so if you volunteer in any capacity in the church you don't have to be a volunteer to come to the party, but if you volunteer, we really encourage you to be there because we want to recognize you and thank you for serving. But um, I want to continue um, the series I've been teaching, Jesus, Our Healer, um, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. Let's just read that and then um, let's just uh, be sensitive to what the Lord has for us tonight. Ver- uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let's pray before we start. Father, thank you so much for your word. I just thank you for giving me clarity of thought and clarity of speech so that I'm saying exactly what it is you want to have said. Just make my tongue as a pen of a writer in your hand uh, and, just, and just write upon people's hearts truth, truth, that will help us grow, help us walk in the fullness of what you have for us, and help us be the greatest example of you to the world around us. And so we give you thanks for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, As I said, you know, we're continuing focusing on the last phrase there in those two verses, and with his stripes we are healed, and we've pointed out uh, for many, many weeks. Now, this is the 12th week we've been teaching on this. Uh, we've pointed out for many weeks that that phrase there uh, points out the fact that Jesus took stripes upon his back and he paid a price and redeemed us so that we could live free from sickness and so that we could walk in divine health. And so that's the goal. That's the, uh, what we attain to, just like he uh, paid a price for us to be able to walk in love and forgive. Sometimes we don't live up to that standard but doesn't mean it's not his goal and it's not his best for us. And so his best for us is to walk in and live in divine healing. And so what we're doing is uh, in this series is really just looking at uh, proof points or truth in the Word of God that shows us clearly that You know this is the will of God and so if this is his will and this is his desire then we can know you know overall it's the will of God for us to be healed now we've we've talked about as I said about 11 different proof points I won't spend um, a lot of time going into that tonight Um, as a matter of fact I'm just going to jump over those but I would encourage you um, you know especially if you know somebody that's sick uh, one of the reasons I did this is I really felt like you know there there's a need in the body of Christ And, and matter of fact when I first started the church there were three things the Lord told me to focus on. Uh, this was 23 years ago uh, when I, as, our, as the focus of our church. One was on the goodness of God, on the goodness and grace of God. And so we spend a lot of time focusing on that. I, I sort of consider that to be sort of just a, a sweet spot for me in, personally. But then the other two were the fact that God wants us to be healed. And number three, God wants us to be financially taken care of so that we can see our needs met and we can accomplish what he wants us to accomplish uh, for the kingdom of God. And so um, uh, so that being said, um, uh, if you know of anybody that's sick, point them to the website. The website or our podcast has that information, and I would tell you that once we're done with this series, man, you ought to just keep it in your hip pocket. Anybody that's sick that maybe they don't know it's the will of God to heal, just say, go out and listen to these 12, 13, 14 messages, how many, however many it will wind up being and um, really build your faith on healing. But um, what I want to talk to you about tonight, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things, God being a good God, all-inclusive promises of God, you know, all the different types and shadows in the Old Covenant point to the fact that it was the will of God to be healed then, and they pointed to what Jesus would provide for us. But tonight I want to talk to you about the fact that um, we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because of the scriptures that point out to us that it is His will for us to live a long and satisfied life not shortened by sickness and not shortened by death. And so Job chapter 36 verse 11 through 14. I'm going to read uh, actually verse 11, 12 and 14 and then we'll we'll sort of get through this tonight. Verse 11 says, if they obey and serve him, him speaking of God, it says they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and they will die without knowledge. They die in youth, and their life is among the unclean. So notice what it says there. It says that for, the, for those that follow after God, that obey Him and are seeking Him and have a heart towards God, it says that it's His will that they spend their years in prosperity and pleasures. Well, first question I would ask you then is this, um, is it pleasurable when you are sick? Is anybody like, woohoo, I'm glad I'm sick, I, you know, or woohoo, I'm glad I feel bad. No, that's not pleasurable. And, and the scripture says that it's the will of God for us that if we serve him and we do what he says, that we spend our years uh, in pleasure and not, not in, in misery, right, like sickness would bring us. And so, you know, one of the things in, in, that it says there is that, you know, um, and the questions that I had to pose to us about this topic is really this, is, you know, are you spending your life and living your life, uh, merely preserving your life. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, they get sick or they get something chronically ill, and they're just hanging on, right? And that's that's not the quality of life that the Lord would have us uh, have. And so it's God's desire for us to spend our years and not just, you know, hold on to them. When you, when you spend something, you're sucking the marrow out of it, so to speak. And so really what I want to talk to you about tonight is the fact that... Um, you know, God doesn't desire for us to live our life, you know, because I think people see um, life like a bell curve, you know, <laughs> um, you know, sort of like, you know, you come in as a baby, then you you know, get up here and you enjoy your good things. And then it's just, you know, you get over the hump and, you know, your, your golden years, you're sort of down you, and, and your health is deteriorating. And the longer you go, the, you know, the more deteriorating you are until finally you just, your body gives up and you're gone. Right. Uh, and they sort of see life that way. Um, but, but we're going to look at scriptures tonight that show us that that is not the will of God for us. As a matter of fact, in one verse of scripture, it says the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until their dying day. And so uh, living with God and following after God and walking in his promises should be a progressive upward climb until the day we lay our head down and say, I'm done here, I'm going home. Uh, And so we're going to take a look at that real clearly. But the thing to point out there, and if you'll notice in verse 12 what it says, it says in verse 12, but if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. They die in youth, verse 14 says. And so what that says is, is that when people die prematurely, uh, many times, there, there are many reasons for it, right? So I don't want to, you know, anybody that dies prematurely, I don't want to say they were bad people. But, but one of the things that causes a person to die prematurely is if they are not living and walking in the ways that God would have them walk. Um, and, and, and what it says there, it says is because they do that, they die early. It's, it wasn't a matter of God took them out or God just needed another angel in heaven. They made choices, that brought them to that specific place. And so we can see this in Ezekiel uh, chapter 33, that God's not pleased with it when that happens in people's lives, when they die prematurely. Notice what it says. It says, say unto them as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Well, we just read that the wicked die young, right? They die early because they disobeyed God or they walked in sinfulness. And he says, I have no pleasure in that. So, you know, if you just put two and two together, that's enough to realize that it's not the will of God for anybody to die prematurely or early in life. Goes on to say, um, but the wicked turn from the. He says, my, you know, my desire is that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? So what is he saying? He's saying it's not my will for you to die early in life, and so God has no pleasure in that. Why does He have no pleasure in it? Well, I w- I'll tell you one reason why is because of unrealized potential. Um, you know, God created all of us to f- to fulfill things for His kingdom. He created all of us to enjoy good things in life. The Bible says that he has things. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, things for good and not for evil. There are things he has planned in your future even now that he wants you to enjoy. And, and so one of the reasons he's not pleased with it is because when we die prematurely, we don't get to participate in that surprise he has planned for us. So it's unrealized potential. Another reason is, is that you know, the death of the wicked Have you realized that when a person dies, the Scripture teaches that, and we'll see it in a moment, that when a person dies, after that is the judgment, right? And the judgment of an evil person that hasn't accepted Christ and made decisions to not follow the Lord, well, that's not pleasing to the Lord. He's not happy when someone has to die in their sins and has to reap the benefit of that. And so, and so one of the things we need to recognize is, is that as we look at this subject in, of, of dying prematurely and that it's not the will of God for us to die prematurely, we need to understand that, that God is not the agent of death. God is not the agent of death. You know, a lot of people believe that, though. A lot of people even believe that God, you know, is the one who takes people out. You ever heard people, when somebody dies, you know, I guess the Lord, they use the phrase, the Lord took them right? Uh, you've heard other people say that when a, maybe when somebody dies prematurely, well, I guess the Lord just needed another angel, like he plucked them out of earth to take them to heaven because he needed them there. Well, first thing to realize is you realize when you go to heaven, you don't become an angel, right? So that's a false statement to even say that. Uh, but the reality is, is that God is not an agent of death. As a matter of fact, death is an enemy of God, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25 and verse 26, it says, For Christ will be king until he has defeated all his enemies, including, notice the last enemy, death. Jesus, remember he said a house divided against itself cannot stand? So, So God doesn't use death. When a person dies, even when a believer dies, the scripture teaches us that, right? It's an enemy we must overcome, It is the last enemy we overcome when we're on this planet. And when we overcome that enemy, God is certainly there with us to walk through that with us because he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But he's not the one taking us out. As a matter of fact, what we're going to find out tonight is is that you are the determining factor of when you will leave this planet, not God. A lot of people think you have an appointed time. I guess it was just their time, right? You ever heard that one? Like like there's a time written in God's book of when you're going to die. We're going to find out from Scripture that there isn't an appointed time. You can add days to your life. You can take days away from your life. And so let's dig into it. Psalm 91 and verses 1 and 6. And the reason I want to share this with you tonight is really so that you recognize, you know, and it's, I was really praying before the service even. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's somebody here. Maybe not. But maybe there's somebody here. You just have this great fear of dying. Great fear that, you know, maybe one day, you know, that just any moment you could or any time the thought of it, it just, it just it overwhelms you. But what we want to look at tonight is, 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 is through what God has promised us and the pattern he's given us to exercise and receive what he's promised us, we don't have to be afraid, afraid of death. It, it, it could be a, it can be a very peaceful transition for us when we're ready for it. And so, you know, this is a little bit of a different subject, but the reason I'm sharing is because I don't want anybody to think that it's ever the will of God for someone to die prematurely from a sickness or from a disease. And what we'll see tonight is, is that God wants us to live a long life, satisfied and healthy, and that is enough to let us know that it's never the will of God for us to be sick or to be taken out by sickness. Notice, Psalm 91 and verse 1 and 16, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, that sounds like a place God wants us to be, right? I mean, you read all the benefits of that. But the, the final verse of that chapter says this. It says, with long life. Everybody say long life. So is that, is that something God said He would do for you if you follow Him? He says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So what this scripture tells me is this, is that if we dwell in the secret place of the Most High and we properly appropriate the promise of God, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. If we properly appropriate the promises of God regarding our our healing and our divine health, it says that you will be satisfied with a long life. Now, what does that mean, satisfied with a long life? Well, to me, I don't try to, you know, a lot of times people say you have to, you know, go to school to get, un, to get uneducated, right? So, I mean, I, I try not to make things overly difficult, but if you're satisfied, right, it, you're, you're satisfied, right? You don't really need a Webster's Dictionary definition of that. You're happy with what you got, right? Satisfied is talking about the quality of life you have here on earth, here on earth and the length of life. So if he says, I will satisfy you with long life, then here's the thing. If you're not ready to go yet then you don't have to go yet because if, if you left before you're ready to go, then you wouldn't be satisfied with the length of your life, right? So what God promises us is that we can, we can remain here. You know, a lot of people will say, well, God's numbered a man's days from 70 to 80 years, but what about the people who live to 90, right? Some people will say over in Genesis, it says he's limited a guy's uh, 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 their days to 120 years, but when god spoke that he was talking to noah about 120 years it was going to be until it flooded he wasn't talking about how every man because i know people that have lived to be 120 123. i know people that after noah lived past 120 years old so you can live here as long as you're satisfied but you know it's sort of funny me and trey talk about this a lot shannon's husband he's like i don't know about you but i don't want to live here for 120 years i'm gonna be ready to go home before then right Seems it like, seems like the span is around, you know, 70 to 120, 130 years. But the reality is, is that what he promises you is, is he will satisfy you with as long a life as you want. You don't have to be afraid of getting taken out early. You can actually choose when you will face death. Now, death may try to come early. It happened to me a couple years ago. Tried to take me out. But I wasn't satisfied. I loved you guys. Wanted to hang around with you all. There's things I wanted to see. I wanted to be a granddaddy. One day right and that may may be sooner than later my son's getting married in September so maybe next September and you know after a couple years I'll be one but he's got the first shot at it Um, but anyway that being said you know um, uh, death may come to try to take us all out at a certain point but we can choose when we decide to step across that line and step into eternity and we can see this in Philippians chapter 1 how many realize God's no respecter of persons the Bible says right in Philippians chapter 1, here's what Paul said. He said, for, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain, right? So what he was saying was this, for me to, stay, if you say, to, for me to live is Christ, what he was saying is that's a sacrifice, right? That's, for, that, that's because God loves you, and I, you'd be better off if I hung around here a little longer and taught you more, right? So he said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He's basically saying, I'd be better off without you rotten people. No, he was, probably wasn't saying it that, like that. But what he was saying was, I'd be far better if I was with Christ, right? if I was in heaven, right? If I died and went on to heaven. But it's gain for me to stay here with you. He says, I am, so he says, if I am to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? Notice what he said there. What shall I choose? Paul said, I'm going to make the choice. So I have a choice on when I'm going to live and when I'm going to die, he says, I don't know what I should choose, right? Why? Because how many of you, how many of you just singing that song, all I want is Jesus. You know, every once in a while you're like, man, <laughs> I'm ready to get on out of here, you know, blow the trumpet, Jesus come back, but I, you know, I'm done. But, and that's what he's saying. I don't know, what, uh, you know, I don't know. Verse 23 says, for I am torn between two. I, I, des- I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is be- by- better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body convinced of this I know notice what he says listen he says I'm convinced of this I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith he says I know that I'm gonna stay here then because it's better for you right and he was a mature believer and we've been talking about that on Sunday mornings uh, for the last six months you know love sacrifices love considers others first and so he said it's far better for me to hang around here so I'm gonna stay he says, but notice in verse, 20, in verse 22, he says, yet what will I choose? He very clearly tells us that he had a choice in whether he would go to heaven or whether he wouldn't, whether he'd stay here, whether he'd die, whether he'd keep on breathing, right? And God's no respecter of persons. And so what he's saying is we have a choice. And, you know, as I, I taught this series many years ago, and as I was sort of talking about this message, I, I, I'm reminded, how many of you know who Dylan Thomas is? Dylan Thomas, he's a writer, and I'm reminded of a poem he wrote in a phrase in his poem. And what he said was this He said, Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the night. What was he saying? He was saying, Suck the marrow out of life, basically. He was saying, Don't just give up and succumb to death. Get the most out of life you can Why? Because we all have a destiny. We all have a purpose. We all have people we've been called to impact. And so what Paul was saying there, it was the very same thing. He was saying, I could give up. I could go on. But I, need to just, I just need to squeeze every ounce out of this lemon I can, right, to try to help people and be a blessing to people. And so, uh, you know, uh, so what he's saying there is we need to embrace that sentiment that death is not something that is determined for us. So, you know, when we, and, and that's important to remember because, you know, if you go to the doctor and you get a diagnosis that you got something terminal, so, you, there's a part of you that could say, well, I guess it's just my time now, right? But if you ain't ready to go and you ain't satisfied, it ain't your time because it's not the will of God. God doesn't desire, you say, well, we all got to die, right? Well, we certainly all have to die, but we don't have to die with sickness. We can be like Abraham. Remember Abraham, the story of Abraham? He called all his kids to him, he blessed them all. Then a matter of fact, let's just read it. in Genesis chapter 25 and verse 7. It says, Abraham lived 175 years. Well, he outdid anybody these days. It says, Then Abraham breathed his last breath and died at a good old age. An old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. And if we read the account of Abraham in previous chapters of that, he called his kids to him. He blessed his kids. He, I mean, he, he wasn't taken out of here in a blink or a flash. I mean, he, he went on his own terms. He laid his head back, and he said, time for me to go. And he went on home, Right? And, you know, so, so I believe the will of God for us, we see that with Moses. The Bible says that Moses, he climbed a hill and he was not weak in body or knees and his eyesight didn't fail him and he laid down and he fell asleep in the Lord. See, I believe it's the will of God for us as believers to live free from sickness, live free from disease, and to not let death dictate to us when we go, but to fulfill our purpose, to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our years, to be satisfied with what we get out of this life that God has given us and then to lay our head down on our pillow when we're ready to go and say, time for me to go, I'm going to go on home on my terms. And I'm not going to let death take me out. I'm going to step across death because death is going to be swallowed up in victory. Amen? Amen. We see in Hebrews chapter nine and verse twenty-seven. Then, because a lot of people say, "Yeah," but we all have an appointed time. So, I want to address that before I jump into um, the last part of what I have for you tonight. But Hebrews chapter nine and verse twenty-seven. Notice it says it's an appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. A lot of people say that means that it's appointed, like it's a, like God wrote down this is the day and the time that that person will die, right? That's what some people think that means, but what that verse actually means is, is not that you have a specific time to die, but that every person will face death, unless Jesus returns and blows the trumpet, right? Every person will face death, and after that death, they will face a judgment, and that's what this verse is, is talking about, because if it was talking about an appointed time to die, then you could not increase your years or subtract from your years, right? Right? You could do whatever you wanted, and you just go die on the day God assigned for you to die. But we can increase our years. Notice Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep them by commandments. Notice this, For length of days and long life and peace, they shall add to thee. Right? They shall add to thee. So by us living right and loving God and, 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 and doing some of the things I'm going to talk about at the end of this verse, we can add days to our life. We can, I'm so glad, man, that God, uh, God uh, you know, blessed and honored uh, faith and believing and all the things I've been taught over these years that I didn't get taken out two years ago when I had that double pulmonary embolism. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that the practice of faith and believing God's promise extended my years. It added days to my life. And so what that verse of Scripture tells us is that we can uh, add days to our life by honoring God. Notice Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 27. It says, for the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. It lengthens days. When you live for the Lord and you honor the Lord and you understand his promises, it will lengthen days. But years of the wicked shall be shortened. So you can also shorten your days, right? And And so how do we prolong our days? How do we cheat death? How do we go on our own terms? I'm just going to give you a real simple formula for it before we close tonight. Number one is this. First thing you do is you just make godly choices. Make godly choices. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 and verse 20, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness today against you that that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love, and then here's how you choose life. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life, and notice this, and the length of your days, right? So how many of you realize the old, only the good die young? How many of you realize that isn't biblical, right? It's not. What this verse of scripture says is, is that if we'll follow God and we'll cling to him, and we'll do some of these other things we talk about, we can prolong our days and be here as long as we Desire to be, right? I got to tell you, the human will has a tremendous impact on life and how long people are here, right? We can decide when we want to go, and we can decide when we want to go. I I'm reminded of a gentleman that was in our church for years, and uh, his whole family was believing for him to be healed, believing for him to be healed. And I went, and, I went and visited him at the hospital, and um, uh, and he was not doing real well, and. Uh, And so I read it, I asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, I I want you to read my favorite portion of scripture to me. It was Hebrews chapter 11. It was, you know, the Hebrews, all the heroes of faith. So I read the whole chapter to him and just sat there with him for a minute and just, you know, uh, as I I was reading it. And then I asked him, I said, anything I can pray for you about? And uh, I knew his family was just, I mean, just believing and agreeing, wanting him to be healed, wanting him to come home. And he he made the statement, he says, I want to go home. And I thought, oh, okay, because like, his family was believing for him to get out of the hospital and come home. I said, so you want to go home? You want to get out of here? And he said, no, no, I, I want to go home. He said, that's why I wanted you to read Hebrews 11, because it talked about a city whose builder and maker was God. And he said, I want to go home. And so, you know, as a pastor, you know, uh, you know I knew his family would be devastated, but that's what he wanted, right? So I said, well, do you want, what do you want me to do? He says, I'd like you to pray, pray that, that I can go on home. So I prayed that prayer. So uh, we joined hands and I said Lord I thank you that death is an enemy, but he's decided now is when he wants to face it So I thank you that he's gonna step right across this line peacefully and you, he's gonna go on home and uh, And so I prayed with him and I and, uh, and then I stepped out of the room and I drove and I hadn't been down the road three minutes I mean in my car down the road three minutes and his daughter called me and said the hospital just called me and and daddy daddy's passed And she said, can you go back and pray for him that God would raise him from the dead? Well, how many of you realize Jesus raised people from the dead, right? But how many of you realize you can't do something against somebody's own will? And he told me he wanted to go home. (laughs) So, you know, I went and stood and watched the family stand around the bed for, you know, 30 minutes praying that God would raise him from the dead. and And I just stayed you know still I mean I wasn't going to disagree with him, but I just I knew what the man wanted So I couldn't pray in faith that he would so but that being said his will Has a big part to play in how long so and, and so the point I guess I'm trying to make is this is that You know some people their will gives up on them because they're tired of fighting sickness, right? I know that was the case with my mama Right, she, she was fighting with you know dementia and, and, and the nursing home and she was just done. She just wanted to go home right uh, and, and it wasn't the will of God for her to die weakened in that decrepit situation, but the reality was, is even in those situations, sometimes we choose when we want to go. But what we want to see in Scripture here is that that it's the will of God for us to not allow sickness and disease to take us out prematurely. Right? We got a choice to make. So the first thing you can do is you can make godly choices. Well, you may say, well, what if I haven't made godly choices? Well, there's forgiveness. Amen. All you got to do is ask for God to for forgive, forgive you, and he'll forgive you, and he'll make you right with him, and you don't have to be afraid of dying, or that you're on God's naughty list, he's going to take you out early. Amen? Number two, what's the second thing you do to prolong your days? second thing you do is you get godly knowledge. Because I know a lot, how many of you know a lot of good godly people love the Lord, but maybe they died prematurely or from a sickness, right? Doesn't mean they're bad people, they were just godly people, and sickness took them out. But one of the things you can do is you can get godly knowledge. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed or die for a lack of knowledge. So there are godly people who have made godly choices their whole life long, but they don't realize it's the will of God for them to be healed. And that lack of knowledge will rob them of being here longer, you know, longer if they wanted to be here longer, right? And so you have to get godly knowledge. That's why I said earlier, you know, the Bible says he sent his word and it healed us right? In Proverbs. That's so why I said, you know, if you know somebody that's sick, man, turn them on to these lessons. Turn them, Send them to the website. Say, listen to them. Listen to them over and over again, because it'll build faith. I was just struck last week how Larry said, you know, he started coming to the church. He walked with the cane. He just sat under the word. We didn't really do anything that dynamic, did we? And, and, and it just began to inspire faith in him, and he's better, right? So I would tell you that if you know somebody that's sick, encourage him to get godly knowledge. And then thirdly, Uh, apply the godly knowledge, right? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 16 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Everybody say shield of faith. It says, Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And so just because we believe in divine health and divine healing doesn't mean that sickness and the devil may not try to attack us at times. But when you have the knowledge of what God's Word says, you need to hold on to that knowledge. You need to take the shield of faith and say, no, bless God, I am not going to accept that. I'm reminded of a time when my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer, uh, cancerous growth on his body. And he looked at the doctor and he said, doctor, I appreciate what you're saying. And uh, I know that's what the truth, that's what the facts say. He said, but I just want you to know I believe what God's Word said and I believe I'm healed. And he recovered from that situation. He dug his heels in and said, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to let the shield of faith that that I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. And so not only do we get godly knowledge, but we have to apply it through faith. How do we do that? Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. This is how you apply godly knowledge. It says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee or near you, even in your mouth. Everybody say, The word's in my mouth. And in your heart. Everybody say, In my heart. So there's the formula right there. For you to uh, exercise or apply godly knowledge, it requires you to put the word in your heart. It requires your heart and your mouth making a connection. It says, The word is now in your heart and in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth. So that says you got to say something, right? If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, this verse of Scripture here contextually is talking about salvation from your sins and becoming a child of God. But as I've said many times here, that word salvation is the word sozo, and it's an all-inclusive word. It means to preserve, to heal, to make whole. It also has an application to it of physical health. And so, and so, the way that you are saved from any situation, whether it's saved from your sins, or saved from a sickness, or saved from a disease, is this formula. This is the formula. It's God's secret formula, right? It's real simply this. It's the heart and mouth connection. I remember when I taught kids, um, uh, uh, I, I, I wrote a little song about it. It was called the heart and mouth connection. It'll get you through heaven's gate. Heart and mouth connection. It'll remove from your heart all hate. But anyway, I just. But anyway, I talked about what I talked about with them is for you to be able to. Um, to, to receive what God has for you requires you to get the word in your heart, believe it, and then say it. Say what God has to say about your situation. You know, many times when, um, when we're diagnosed with something, we, our, our, you know, the Bible says your tongue is an unruly member, right? It'll just, You ever just spit something out and said, I can't believe I said that right just then, right? Ever gotten angry and were like, oops, shouldn't have said that one? Um, that happens, Right? The tongue is unruly, and so the tongue, you know, and, you, and uh, sometimes we'll just want to spit out what you're feeling, right? But, but what the Scripture says here is if we're going to walk in what God has for us, we have to try to curb what our tongue would say uh, about our circumstances and what our body may be saying about our circumstances, and we have to say what we've placed in our heart about God's Word, right? So if the Scripture says, by Jesus' stripes we're healed, then we should be, and it's a matter of fact, in 2 Peter, it says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed, past tense. So if you were healed, then you is healed, right? <laughs> so, when, so when your pain starts screaming, the fa- and your body starts screaming painfully the facts, or a diagnosis starts screaming the facts about your body, the spiritual truth is you're healed, so what are you going to do? If you're going to apply godly knowledge, you have to make a choice to speak the word of God instead of speaking your circumstance. So that's why I always tell people, if you've noticed, or if you've maybe you've experienced this, you've come forward for healing, a lot of times I'll pray, and then after I pray, I pray that the power of God's working in people to effect a healing and a cure. Maybe they're healed instantly when they come forward, but sometimes it's just working in them to provide a healing and a cure. And so I'll always tell them, now, after you go from here, don't ever say you have this again, right? And then I've seen people come back time and time again and say it again. I, I, you know, I've seen people, I don't know, you know nobody specifically, but you know, I've, I've, I can remember over the years I've prayed for people that, you know, maybe, maybe it's diabetes, right? They've come forward and they said, you know, um, will you pray for me that, I, you know, I, 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 I want to be free from this diabetes. So we agree and pray. And I tell them when you walk away from here, don't say I have diabetes anymore. Say I believe by Jesus, the facts may say this, but I believe by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. Right? Let that be your confession. And yet they still go, they walk right away from praying with you and walk around and start talking about just I have, not even I have diabetes, they talk about their diabetes, my diabetes this, my diabetes that, right? They possess it. Instead of saying, no, I resist it because God promises me otherwise. And so you have to apply godly knowledge. And then number two, you have to resist doubt and unbelief. Notice in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. It says, speaking of the parable of the sower, sowing the word. I won't do the whole thing for the sake of time tonight. But you know um, the story of the parable of the sower sowing seeds in some lands here and some lands here, and all get different results. Well, here's one of the ones that get results. It says, these are they by these are the seeds that are by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. See. I can tell you tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the Word of God. We're going to look at scriptural we'll proof that it's the will of God for us to be healed, and hopefully you'll walk out of here jacked up. I'm the healed. I'm divine healed. I believe healing's mine, right? But notice the devil, he's, he don't care. He don't like you. And it says he's going to come immediately to try to take that word from you. How's he going to do it? Well, he's going to do it by trying to tempt you. He's going to do it by trying to, you know, place symptoms on you that say otherwise, right? He's going to come and do those things. And so it's important for us to remember that that just because we've received the word, and just because we've embraced the word, and just because we may have started confessing the word, doesn't mean that everything always happens overnight. Sometimes you just gotta dig your heels in and resist the devil when he comes to try to tell you otherwise. And we see that Jesus did this. Let me show you how he did it. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Then Jesus led up to led up of the Spirit. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And so notice he was led into the wilderness to be tempted so that he could be tempted in all points as we were, right? But it goes on to say, and when he had fasted 40 days and nights, he was afterward a hungered. How many of you would be a hungered too if you fasted 40 days and nights? It says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God, well, how many of you realize he'd already realized that he was the Son of God? He already knew he was the Son of God, right? But the, Satan was coming and saying, well, maybe you're not. Just like he'd come to us and say, Well, I already know it. The Word word of God says I'm healed. By stripes, I'm healed. But, well, maybe you're not. You got this pain, right? Same scenario. If you be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, Notice what he said, It is written. See, the way you combat and resist doubt and unbelief. The way you appropriate the promise of God is all through the power of the tongue. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we were created in his image, right? So it's through believing the word of God that inspires faith in our heart to make a faith-filled confession that says, this is what God says about me. And devil, no matter how much pain or no matter how much symptoms or no matter how much a blood count reads something, I'm going to speak the truth of God's word because that's what I choose to believe. I'm not saying those aren't the facts. I'm not de- denying what I see, but I am going to believe the truth. And as I've often said here, truth will trump facts if you'll stand on the truth long enough. It'll change the facts if you stand on it. And how do I know that? Because when you speak the word, it'll run the devil off. Verse 11 says, "Then the devil leaveth him, and behold angels came and ministered to him." And so, the point I'm making tonight is this is that We we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because God promises us that we can prolong our days with him through the operation of faith. Psalm 91 and verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and with long life I will satisfy him, verse 16, and show him my salvation. We know it's the will of God for us to be free from sickness because he promises us long life. Psalm 116 and verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Why is it precious? I believe it's precious because when a saint truly fulfills his destiny and and, and passes when he's ready to go, that's pleasing to God because he wasn't overcome by an enemy, but he overcame the enemy himself. Amen? Joshua chapter 14 and verse 10 says, And now behold... The Lord has kept me alive as I, as He has said, these forty-five years. This is, this is the. I believe this is the way we should live our life as we grow older. And now, behold, the Lord is. This is what Joshua. This is what Caleb said. And now, behold, the Lord has. How I many? Who Caleb is? How I many? You don't know who Caleb. That's okay if you don't. Caleb um, was one of the spies that went out and viewed the promised land. Ten of them came back and said, we can't do it. But Caleb said, no, God said we can do it, so I believe we can do it, right? Forty years later, everybody else had died off, but Caleb was still living. And this is what Caleb said. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he has said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am, uh, this day, 85 years old. So he's 85. He's pretty well up in years. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now my strength, so is my strength for war for both going out and coming in. So notice what Caleb said I'm 85, but I'm as strong as I was when I was 45. So do not buy the lie. That you need to grow weak and wear your body certainly your body gets older right but don't buy the lie that you have to just you know decrepit yourself on out of here right <laughs> you can go out of here strong and vibrant and healthy and sound and whole goes on to say as yet as I am strong this day as on the day of Moses that uh, on the day that Moses sent me just as my strength was then so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day 85 years old and he still had a vision 85 years old he still had a desire 85 years old he still had a purpose my point is this god does not want you to go quietly into that good night he wants you to live and suck the marrow out of life squeeze every every ounce of juice you can out of this lemon life amen and, and, and fulfill your destiny, fulfill your purpose, knowing that it's the will of God for you to live a long and satisfied life. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much. I've done my best to share your truth tonight. I pray that we've just provided another nugget and, and we're better for having come to church tonight because now we understand that not only is it your will for us to live free from sickness and disease, but it's your will for us to live a long, long time free from sickness and disease, getting the most out of life enjoying the benefits that even the, old, the, the older days of our life provide for us. So I give you praise and thanks for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Well, God bless you. We'll dismiss you tonight. Have, go your way. Try to not get blown away by the blustery wind. And uh, have a good evening. God bless. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.